Welcome to the Future Financial Planners podcast, brought to you by the Financial Planning Association of Australia. Whether you're a student, a graduate, or an early career advisor, join us as we dive into the ins and outs of becoming a financial planner. I'm your host, Azaria Bell, bringing you tips from the experts on career strategy, sanity, and success. Today's episode is focused on how to manage your studies at university. I'll be joined by Matthew Canizé, third-year finance and financial planning student at Deakin University. Matthew is an excellent example of a high-achieving student who has fully embraced their studies, taking on a role as treasurer at the Deakin Commerce Society, working part-time as a client services officer at Alan Gray Advisory Group, becoming a part of the Emerging Professionals Network at the FPA, and even being a finalist in the 2021 FPA Financial Planning Student of the Year Awards. We discuss how to maximise your learning throughout the semester, exam preparation tips, managing the dynamics of online study, finding work during your studies and taking hold of every opportunity that presents itself. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Matthew, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. No worries. Thanks, Azara. So for anyone listening, I obviously have known you for a little while through the FPA, but for anyone who hasn't yet met you, could you tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up in financial planning? Yeah, of course. So I'm currently in my third uh, year of a Bachelor of Commerce at Deakin University. Um, I'm majoring in financial planning and a minor in finance. Um, and I'm also the treasurer of the Deakin Commerce Society. So involved, um, I guess, in uni life now, now that it's all back on campus. Um, I got into financial planning kind of randomly. I always wanted to pursue law um, in university when I was in high school. And I just missed out on the ATAR for that, which actually worked out in my favour. I did a business law subject first semester of uni and it was too dry for me and I just thought, <laughs> no, that's it. But I've always had an interest in finance and I think particularly when you marry that with the ability to help people um, and have a really close personal relationship with people, I think financial planning you know, seemed to be the perfect pathway for me. So I was able to obtain experience at a financial planning company based in the Melbourne CBD, um, Allen Advisory Group. So I still work for them um, in client services and I'm also their social media manager. And I guess then I became involved with the FPA um, through applying for the University Student of the Year Award um, in which I was a finalist in that. So. That was probably one of the biggest driving moments for me just to be recognised by the FPA um, and to have this amazing opportunity, which has now led into the Emerging Professionals Committee. Awesome. You've had such a huge journey already and you're just starting in the industry, which is amazing to hear. You've obviously got quite a bit going on with your studies, with the um, Commerce Society and with your job and with the FPA. So how do you stay organised and manage all of your commitments? What does your week kind of look like? Typically on the weekend or like a Sunday night, um, I will write out what I'm going to do for the week. So I have a big open calendar, probably A3 size, if not a, I don't know, whatever the, you know, whatever the next biggest size is from that. Um, so I have that on kind of near my bed, near my wardrobe. So every morning I'll, you know, check what I have on for the day. Um, and then as the day is done, mark it off. And I also utilize Apple Calendar on my phone. Um, so I'd say kind of my phone's become 
you know, not my best friend, but best friend <laughs> in the sense that it, it's always there for me. Um, you know, if I don't know what I've got on, I can look at my phone and that's, that's that, you know, then I do know from there. So I used to really struggle with time management, but I think over the years, just increasing my workload a little bit more um, has definitely aided my time management skills um, to where they are now. Yeah, awesome. I'm exactly the same. I use Google Calendar for everything. And if I didn't have Google Calendar, I'd have no idea what was going on. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> one of those and then you've, so, so easy to use. Totally, exactly. So you're doing study full-time, is that right? Yes, correct, yeah. Okay, cool. And how many days a week are you working? So I'm working, um, I work two days a week at the financial uh, planning company. Um, and then I still work Sundays just in my retail grocery job too. So I find that is a really nice way to break it up from the seriousness um, of, you know, a job, you know, such as financial planning and working in the industry. Um, and it's nice to just have those connections, you know, outside of university, outside of the professional world. Um, and kind of, I don't know, I find that it grounds me a little bit sometimes as well. But in saying that, I've really tried to utilise that job to, you know, network um, and create as many connections as possible. So one of the customers was actually the head of advice and education for Australian Super. Um, and earlier this year, I, you know, got caught, got caught up in conversation with him one day um, about, you know, advice in Australian Super and financial planning and where the advice industry is heading. Um, anyway, kind of fast forward a couple of months and I'm starting as the first ever intern within the advice and education division at Australian Super. So I think it's, you know, it's one of those things where no matter what you're doing, you know, who you come across, you're always going to meet someone different. And I think that's what really also drives, um, you know, my, my passion for financial planning is no client is the same, you know, and there's no client who has exact same goals or circumstances or you know financial background um so i think to be able to tailor financial strategy for a client is one of the yeah and, and personalize it too is one of my drivers biggest driving factors definitely and it's amazing what can come from just one conversation you never know when your next opportunity lies so that's awesome yeah no it's been really good and then I'd like to ask before we go into the actual study tips, first thing I want to ask, because this varies so much from person to person, is where do you study? Have you got a dedicated study space and how do you make sure that that's conducive with um, getting lots of work done? So I'm thankful enough. Um, I still live with my parents and, and brothers um, and we have a like a studio type um, granny flat out the back. So that's where I live. Um, I've got a bedroom upstairs and then bit of a study space, um, my desk, just a bit of a kitchen downstairs. So for me, that's been really helpful in breaking it up because I know during COVID, um, yeah, it was really, it was really quite challenging to find that motivation to get out of bed, to, you know, just sit at your desk and then, and then do all that, you know, day on, day off. Yeah. Um, but for me, one of the biggest things is I'll leave my phone upstairs and I won't touch that um, or, yeah, I'll just try to make it a really nice study space. So sometimes I'll put, you know, whether it's music on, candles, however it is, um, but those little things that, that will help you personally study and study effectively more importantly. 
Yeah, I love the candles idea. I might have to try that sometime. Why not make it a, a nice, you know, relaxing space to be in when you've got to knuckle down and get some work done? Yeah, I know. I know. My girlfriend got me into them and I'm um, very thankful. Oh, beautiful. Awesome. Next question, and this is something I often struggled with at university, is how do you stay on top of your learning throughout the semester to avoid getting to the end of the semester and thinking, oh, crap, I've got to get all of this stuff done and I've got to try and figure out what's going on now? I think that's a really good question. And I know in my, probably my first, or you know, first year and a half of uni, I was a bit like that. I was a bit kind of, how do I cope with these four subjects when there's no one guiding you, when you really just got to push yourself to, to get it done and do it and meet these deadlines. Um, so I think probably the past, yeah, year or past year or so, um, I've tried to be a little bit more proactive in terms of uni. So I'll do lectures, um, kind of towards the start of the semester and, you know, right at the start of the semester, plan out when I've got my assignments, when they're due, because let's be real, they're, you know, typically all due within the, the few, you know, like a two-week block or something. Um, so I really find it helpful just trying to get all the, you know, lectures and content done um, at least a couple of weeks in advance prior to the assignment deadline or due date. And I think if it's a group assignment as well, um, really trying to be engaged with your teammates or your group mates um, and, yeah, collaborating, sharing ideas um, and being quite innovative as well, which I think in financial planning can be quite helpful because it is a changing industry. Yeah, absolutely. And do you have much of a method on how you take notes? I know that some people prefer writing down on paper, some people prefer writing it down on their laptop. What do you do? Uh, I, I, I take notes on my laptop, so I'll take kind of brief, um, slide, brief notes from the lecture slides and then also quite detailed notes from the content pages on the unit sites. Um, and I have also in the found, like in the past, found it quite helpful to um, probably for, you know, for me to memorise it. But I'll record myself saying something, particularly if it's a, you know, a certain piece of legislation um, a certain concept that I really don't understand, I'll record it, record myself saying it and then listen to it over and over again. Um, I know it doesn't necessarily work for everyone because, you know, a lot of people don't like the sound of, my, the sound of their voice, which does include me, but I have found it quite helpful. That's an awesome idea, yeah, because I often struggled with that too. Memorization, just plain memorization was always really difficult for me to get my head around. But doing something like that, or I remember I used to write on the back of flashcards and, and test my memory that way. Yeah. Whatever you've got to do, no matter how unconventional it is, as long as it works, then yeah. that's a great method. I think, yeah, everyone has a different methodology or strategy of how to study. So it's important when you when you do find that one, go for it. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned before the the course pages for each unit. Mm. How do you determine what the crucial elements of your course are? Because I know that in my experience at lectures, you get given so much information and there's just no way that you could remember everything. Have you got a way of determining what parts you really need to focus on? Yeah, so typically I'll read through um, the unit outline at the start of each week. Um, just so I kind of have an understanding of what we're, you know, going to be covering in the lectures um, or what content to particularly focus on. Working in the financial planning profession at the moment, I do have quite, um, yeah, I guess a bit of information already and a bit of knowledge about what, what does go on um, within the, you know, financial planning process. 
So let's say, for example, um, a lecture this week I was doing, so trusts um, and testamentary trusts. These I have come across before, but I really don't, I'm not too familiar with them. So for me, it was trying to figure out, you know, what particular elements of the trust don't I know? Um, let's say, you know, for example, uh, the tax benefits or asset protection. Um, if I wasn't too sure on those, I'd be able to go to the particular page and look at it from there. Yeah, that's a great tip. And how have you found, um, I know I was, I was going to ask you this question later, but perfect time now. How have you found your uni experiences changed since getting a job in the industry and kind of having the context on both sides? I think that's a great question. And honestly, being my third year, um, I couldn't really imagine not having some experience in the industry. My advice for anyone who is studying um, and you know, wants to go into the advice profession or financial planning uh, industry is there are so many opportunities um, and really just jump for those opportunities because I think it's really helpful with something like financial planning to be able to actually implement it in a more practical sense. Because um, let's say, I don't know, something dry like tax law or something like that. It's pretty boring, right? And a mm-hmm. lot of the time you're not actually going to understand it. You're not going to remember it if you're not applying it. So having those, having that experience um, such as working client services and the internship has really broadened my perspective um, and knowledge of, yeah, of, of what the industry is. Yeah, absolutely. And would you say that third year is maybe a good time to start doing that to kind of get that experience in the industry? Yeah, I completely, yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I know I'm at Deakin University and they have work integrated learning subjects. So this will be like an internship or something like that where you complete it and it actually counts as a unit. So there's some assignments um, that you've got to do, a lot of personal reflection, uh, how this unit has actually benefited you in the long run um, and your studies as well. So in that I guess that kind of comes back to your question around how, you know, how has my um, experience been both studying, you know, studying financial planning and working in the industry. And I think that's, yeah, what it comes back to again. Yeah, for sure. And then let's say it's exam block and you've got two weeks and you've got three or four exams all in the space of those two weeks. It can be a pretty full on time. Mm. Now with work, do you change much around your schedule? Do you plan your study time differently? How do you approach that time of the semester? Study time, I um, I typically struggle a little bit with exams. I think it's pretty full on when you're given two, two and a half hour block, all this information that you've got to cover. Um, and if I'm being honest, I don't think it's completely reflective of the actual nature um, of, of the work or the job that you're doing. So in saying that, I'm really thankful to have fairly flexible employers um, who, yeah, they do say kind of prioritise your study over anything. So there have been times when I've moved work around, when I've taken a day off um, and just kind of put a bit more effort and emphasis on study for exams. Um, because it's not, it's not easy. Let's be real here. And I think it's, yeah, very overwhelming for some people too. So everyone has their own way of studying for exams, but if you're able to get a little bit more leniency, um, from your employer, be, you know, be kind towards yourself, have a little self-care day, 
So I know that's what I did uh, before my last exam last semester. Um, and yeah, just go from there. Awesome. And you would have been at university through COVID. So you would have gone through that switch of being in person to being online and then potentially back again. Can you tell me a bit more about your experience during that time? Yeah, for me, it was pretty challenging. I had started, um, so first semester of 2020, just before COVID hit. And I think I was on campus for about two or three days. And then I think it was three days. And then it was on a Monday night. And I was supposed to head into uni on the Tuesday morning. We got an email from the uni being like, sorry, guys, you can't come in. Everything's online. So I think for me, that was pretty challenging. Um, I was looking forward to the uni experience, the uni life, meeting new people, which didn't really happen up until last year. Um, <clears throat> I did find it quite challenging to, yeah, as I, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, break up that routine between study and home life. And, um, you know, it's, it's pretty hard just getting up from bed, going to your desk, back to the bed, whatever it may have been. So I really do commend all students who um, studied throughout COVID, whether it was high school, primary school or university, because it was a really challenging time. Yeah, absolutely. I remember that when I was at university, sometimes actually physically going into university was the excuse that I'd have to spend a day studying. So you'd have those committed days of study. But I imagine when those lines become blurred between being at home and being at university, it can be a lot harder to manage your time. But I know that there's probably still a lot of people out there who are still studying online, whether that's um, for um, reasons related to COVID or just because their courses are online. So what tips would you give to anyone who's maybe looking at picking up a couple of online courses and how they can manage their time and manage their studies in those situations? I definitely say create a study schedule. So if you are working um, or if you are, you know, if you've got other stuff on other than just studying, I think it's really important to dedicate time towards study, towards your course or degree, you know, university, um, yeah, pathway that you may, that you may be studying. Um, and whether it's two hours at night after work or, you know, an hour before work in the morning, just to kind of really reiterate that knowledge and information that you are learning because, it can be really hard and overwhelming when you've got all this, you know, all these assignments due, all this content to get through and you're just like, I don't want to do it. But I think it's important to actually dedicate, yeah, that time and put time aside. Yeah, definitely. I remember the end goal as well. Like what are you doing all this for? Mm. Um, and just realising that the more you work and the harder you work, the better your outcome is going to be and it's going to be over before you know it. So just push yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, I think I know personally uni's gone so fast, so nearly at the end of a three-year degree. And yes, a year and a half for that was online, but it's just gone so fast. So just make every opportunity, make the most of every opportunity that you are given. Absolutely. And then another thing that's quite challenging at university, and I think that a lot of people dread, is doing group assignments. And then I can imagine doing that online adds a whole other level of complexity. So how have you managed group assignments and the dynamics that come with that in your studies? Um, I have typically taken the role as a leader in group assignments. So sometimes, particularly during COVID, when a lot of group assignments are online, people would just say, I'll do this and then not not do it. They wouldn't yep. actually 
yeah, come through with what they said they'll do. So I find it quite um, important when completing a group assignment to delegate tasks um, and to really try to keep communication as open and honest as possible. Um, if there's no communication in a group assignment, then I think it's almost set, set up for failure, uh, not success, because group assignments are about collaboration. They're about sharing ideas um, and creating ideas um, for the purpose of, of, you know, the assignment or whatever the topic may be. So it's really important to communicate effectively, to always, you know, check in with your other team members, see how they're going um, with their work. Um, and I think, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. And I think sometimes, exactly as you've said, if you are serious about your studies, sometimes you do have to step up and be the one that is the leader and, and shoulder a lot of that burden. And it can be easy to think, oh, you know, not everyone's pulling their weight and, and sit around and get really annoyed about that. But at the end of the day, it's your grades. So you've got to take control and make sure that you're getting the outcome that you want. That's exactly right. Yeah. Very good way of putting it. So on the flip side of that, there's a lot of people who are now back on campus. So outside of just doing your studies, which is kind of, you know, the expectation, you go to university, you do your studies and you get your degree. That's, and I'm sure you could agree, Matthew, that's not always the most effective way of approaching your degree. What kind of things outside of just studies would you recommend that people listening maybe get involved with in their university? I think... Universities offer a lot of opportunities and um, it is really important to take up those opportunities. So I joined the Deakin Commerce Society um, back at the end of 2020 um, at their AGM or their annual general meeting um, and became a director of finance and economics. So within the little divisions within the society and I purely joined the Commerce Society because of COVID. Um, so I think if COVID didn't happen I wouldn't be involved with it um, as I am now. But really just, yeah, make the most of every, every opportunity. I think taking care of your mental health is so important as well. Um, and I've been through, I've suffered anxiety in the past, in the past couple of years. And probably the biggest thing for me to get over that and, and help, help deal with it um, was exercise. So I run a lot um, and that's my kind of form of, self-expression whenever I'm feeling down or a bit upset um, I'll just put some shoes on go for a run come back and feel honestly 10 times better um, and I think just staying connected with your friends as well it's a really important thing at university because it can be quite isolating if, you know if you've got some friends but you're in different classes you're in different tutorials or seminars or whatever it may be it can be fairly isolating so always make sure just to check in with them text them, say hi on campus or whatever it may be. Yeah, and I love that you touched on mental health because that's so important. It's something that people often don't talk about, but university is such an intense time of your life. There's so much expectation on you. There's all these deadlines and there's really no one guiding you through it. It's kind of all starts and ends with you. And I know I had a similar experience during university, I think, I was dealing with, you know, being in these leadership programs and I was surrounded by so many amazing smart people and I just re I just got to a point where I was like, I'm really anxious in these situations. These are amazing people who would be great friends to me, but I, I'm experiencing this social anxiety. So similar to how you mentioned that you feel and I um, 
I went to a psychologist for a few sessions just to kind of work through why I was feeling that way and be able to build up my confidence. And that was probably one of the best things I did at university. And not only did it help me personally, but it helped uh, get my studies on track as well. So really glad that you mentioned that. Yeah, no, thank you. And thanks for sharing as well, because it's, it's not, not often that easy coming out um, and speaking about mental health. But I think particularly in the advice profession, it is really important because you've got a lot of people telling you different things and you may not be able to, yeah, handle it the best way sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned earlier, Matthew, that you were a finalist for the FEA Student of the Year Award. So could you chat to us about what that process looks like and how someone who may want to enter in the future could do so? Yeah, of course. So Firstly, I definitely recommend the FPA's University Student of the Year Award. Um, it's a fantastic opportunity and one of those things that I think unless signing up to the FPA as a free student member, um, I wouldn't have actually known about. So pretty much you write an application about yourself, about your studies um, and about kind of what has actually inspired you to go into the financial planning profession. So I think I remember one of the things that I remember writing on my um, kind of initial application for it was watching Alan Kohler on the ABC News kind of from a very young age. Um, Mum and Dad love Alan Kohler. So it was, it was really nice. Yeah, it was, it was an important part of my, um, I guess, childhood and growing up. And uh, it's obviously, yeah, been followed through into today. And then following that, you'll receive an email um, or kind of a notification how you've gone. So if you do get through to the finals, then you present to a panel of judges um, from the FPA and from the financial advice profession. So this, again, was a great opportunity. Um, And last year, the topic was the government's early release of super scheme that happened throughout COVID. So we were given the task to... I guess, analyse that um, and provide an evaluation at the end of, of how it did impact um, individuals, which wasn't, definitely wasn't the best scheme from my perspective. And I think it's um, superannuation is something that, yes, it's for the long term. And yes, this money you don't see until, you know, you are older and in retirement. But a lot of these people didn't actually understand the, the full implications of what the early release super scheme was. That's amazing that you got the chance to do that project and really put forth what you believe in and make something of that. And what advice would you give to someone who's listening and thinking, oh, look, that does sound cool, but I don't have, you know, a straight high distinction grade average or maybe I'm not smart enough for it. What advice would you give them? I'd say, look, it really doesn't matter. I'm not a straight A student as well. You know, I don't get HDs all the time. Um, and I think, yeah, it's one of those opportunities where you really just need to say, I'm going to do it. Um, and I think that's a bit of advice that I would give to any student out there who is thinking about applying for the FPA University Student of the Year Awards is just do it because you're never actually going to get that opportunity again. You never know where it's going to take you. I applied thinking, you know what, I'm just going to apply because why not? I don't think I'll get anywhere or far with it, but I'll apply. And, you know, look at that. I became a finalist and I've now joined the Emerging Professionals Committee as well as, um, I guess, receiving a lot of other opportunities through the FPA too. 
Definitely. And it's just so great to have your name out there as well and kind of have that recognition and say, hey, this is something I've achieved and I'm not even a full-time financial advisor yet. So well done to you. That's so awesome. Thank you. And then another thing I was going to mention as well for anyone who might be listening is exactly as Matthew said with the FPA Student of the Year Award, just to enter. Um, If you don't enter, you've got absolutely no chance of winning. But if you do, those chances are infinitely higher. And it goes the same with any type of award or scholarship opportunity available at your university. Since graduating, I I still keep in touch with some of my lecturers and they say to me, Azari, we've got all of these scholarships. We've got tens of thousands of dollars in scholarships just waiting to give away to these students and no one's applying for them. So the chances are often really, really good at getting these scholarships. And I feel like these days they're rarely academic based. Um, A lot of them are just looking for someone who's excited about being in the financial planning industry, who has aspirations of how they'd like their career to go um, and can just demonstrate some enthusiasm. So if you are having any of those doubts about maybe I won't get it or maybe I'm not good enough, just grit your teeth, lodge the application and and just see what happens. There's, There's so much opportunity out there. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think um, couldn't have put it in a better way. I think that's that really highlights as well the importance of soft and transferable skills of, you know, no matter what you do, always give it your all um, and always be really engaged and kind of enjoying what you're doing. Absolutely. So, Matthew, have you got any other random tips or things that you can think of for anyone who's currently studying a financial planning degree and is looking to maximise it? I think try to get as much experience while you can um, during your studies. It really does. It's incredibly beneficial and it does help a lot. Um, I think financial planning is one of those areas and, and careers where it is so practical um, about what you're doing. You're not you know, going to be sitting behind a computer all day just looking at numbers. That's, that's not what financial planning is. Um, and I know quite a few people or even including myself, used to think, you know, financial planning, it was all about numbers, Excel, spreadsheets, but it's so much more than that. It's about building really deep and meaningful connections and relationships with clients and helping them um, to achieve their financial goals. So, yeah, probably my biggest piece of advice would be you're going to have so many opportunities in your life and never turn any one of them down because you don't know where it's going to take you. Um, And I think, Azara, as you said before, you know, by not applying, you've pretty much just ruled yourself yourself out right there. So it it costs nothing to enter these programs and costs nothing to, you know, push for these applications for experience in the industry. So go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Matthew. You've given so much valuable advice and you're a great example of someone who has gone above and beyond what's expected of someone completing a degree. Um, And I think you've offered a lot of really great inspiration to those listening. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Azara. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Future Financial Planners podcast. Brought to you by the Financial Planning Association of Australia. For great resources and a free student membership, find us at fba.com.au. Good advice makes for great futures.